This is the Byron Bledsoe podcast, senior pastor of C3 Church in Orlando, Florida. Thank you so much for checking out today's message. We hope this word encourages you and inspires you. Let's jump into the message. Hey C3, it is so good to be with you today as we close out the 2021 Masterclass Series. And I don't know about you, but this series has been amazing for me. Pastor Byron has touched on subjects like prayer, that we can approach God just as we are. He's talked about how to deal with our anxiety, our anger, how to thrive in our marriages. And a few weeks ago, if you'll remember, Pastor Byron talked about the tithe. Now, the tithe is just this mathematical term that means 10%. And in God's word, he commands us that, hey, that first 10% belongs to him. And so we're to bring that back to him in form of the tithe. And we looked at Malachi 3 and this promise that God lays out if we will be obedient in this tithe. And it's this. Watch and see that God will not throw open the floodgates of heaven, that he will pour out so much blessing that you won't have room enough for it. Like God promises to bless us beyond what we can imagine if we will be obedient and faithful with a tithe. Well, this morning, I want to close out this series kind of with a part two of that message. And we're going to title it, The Other 90%. Now, I don't know about your story, but for me, early on, I had some godly people in my life that, that taught me about the importance of the tithe, that they said, listen, if you will do this, God is going to bless you. And so my wife and I, from the very beginning, we knew the tithe was first. We were really obedient, making sure that first 10% went to God. But with the other 90%, hmm, not so good. Like I was kind of a hot mess when it came to managing the rest of my money, especially early on in our marriage. And I started to be introduced to guys like Dave Ramsey and Ron Blue. These are godly men who have built their lives and their companies on teaching us how we should do money under God's authority. What, what should it look like to manage the money that God has given us? And I, I came across this verse and, and it changed my perspective. It totally changed my approach to money. And it's found in Psalm 24, and this is David. And listen to what he says. He says, the earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. See, for the first time after reading that verse, I recognized it's all God's. While God calls us to bring that first 10% back to him, the other 90% that he leaves with us, that's his too. And for the longest time, I viewed the other 90% as mine, and the first 10% as God's. But did you know in God's word, he provides more instruction, more wisdom. He he talks about the blessings and the promises that come with the other 90% more than he talks about any other single subject in the Bible. And today, that's what I want to do. I want us to download a quick outline for how we are to do money God's way. And the blessings that come when we manage the 90% just like God asks us to. And, and recognizing that the 10% is his, but also that 90% is his. So let me start with this question this morning. How many of you, how many of you have done something stupid with money at one point in your life? 
Go ahead and raise your hand in your living room. Hey, if you're bold and courageous enough, maybe you can share the story in the chat or the comment section. We have all done something stupid with money. I remember when Amanda and I, we first got married, we, we bought our first house about a year in. And apparently when you buy a house, like you get on the radar of every salesperson in the country. And so we were getting calls about home equity loans and mortgage insurance and new windows and getting our roof repaired. You name it, we were getting phone calls. One day, I got a phone call from this water filtration company, and this guy's spouting off about how awesome this clean water will be for the pipes in your home, and if you drink this water, you'll never have to go to the doctor, and this water is so pure and clean, it will self-clean your shower. I'm thinking, yeah, whatever. Well, well, then he offered me a $150 gift card to any restaurant of my choice if he could come do a demo, and I was like, I'm in. Come on over. And so Amanda and I talked about it. We said, listen, we're not going to buy this thing. We just want that gift card. And so the guy comes over and man, he starts breaking out like test tubes and black lights and showing us what our water looks like now and what his new clean water with this NASA developed reverse osmosis system, what it'll do for us. And so we are like, hmm, maybe there is something to this. Well, then, then he takes that clean water and he, he cleans our shower door with it. And if you've ever tried to clean a shower door, man, you know those things are impossible. But this pure water like instantly cleaned our shower door. Well, long story short, about 30 minutes later, I had signed on the dotted line for a $6,000 water filtration system for our home. Now, I got nothing against water filtration systems. But at that point in our life, Amanda and I could not afford a $6,000 system. Now, we financed that bad boy for like six years for $170 a month, but there were so many other things we needed to be spending our money on, but we got suckered in. We had made a stupid decision when it came to money. Well, after I got introduced to these guys like Dave Ramsey, I started really thinking in terms of, man, there's got to be a better way to manage the 90%. There's, there's got to be something God says about that. And so if you're listening this morning, and maybe you're like us, maybe you've made some stupid financial decisions. This morning, the, the intent is not to beat us up over past decisions. God knows more than anybody else that we can't go back in time. But God wants to remind us that he has got a plan for our money that God's desire for us is to experience financial freedom, that if we will follow his plan, not just for the first 10%, but also for the other 90%, man, he's got blessings in store for us, that God has called us and blessed us so that we can be a blessing to others. So today I want to look at this brief outline for how we can do money God's way, and I want to break it down into two main categories. It's now and later. And so if you're like most people in America, statistics show most people live paycheck to paycheck. Maybe you've got a little bit of savings. Maybe you don't have any savings. Most Americans have $15,000, $20,000 in debt. Maybe you've got $50,000. Maybe you've got $100,000. Most Americans don't have enough save for retirement. And maybe you're doing your finances like a normal American. But God has called us to something so much greater. And so what we've got to do, if you're, if you're like normal, we've got to fix our now. We, we've got to put our head down, figure out what the priorities are, make sure we've got those in place. So in a little bit, we can address the later. We can address our future. But so many of you are, are juggling so many plates. And what we've got to do is determine which of those pla plates are paper plates that we can let fall to the ground 
and which of those are glass plates that we need to make sure we catch. And thankfully, God's word has identified those things that we need to prioritize. So when it comes to the other 90%, the first thing God's word says is this, and it's found in 1 Timothy. And this is the Apostle Paul who wrote half of the New Testament, and he's written this letter to his apprentice in the ministry. And listen to what he says, 1 Timothy 5.8. Anyone who does not provide for their relatives, and especially their own household, has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. So God gives us that first priority, and it's your family. It's those living under your household. You've got to make sure you provide for them. In today's society, what that means is we've got to provide shelter. We've got to provide food. We've got to provide clothing. We've got to provide transportation. We've got to make sure we cover the basics when it comes to our family. So how do we do that? Well, the answer is found in that six-letter word that starts with a B that everybody loves to hate, and that's a budget. Now, I... I hate that word just like you do. Like it, it's so cold and corporate sounding and it, it doesn't like inspire us to greatness. So I wish we could change the word, we can't, but all a budget is, is a plan and a strategy for your money. And, and, and let me tell you, Jesus believes in budgets. Look, look at what he says in Luke, Luke 14, 28. Jesus talking to the crowd says, suppose one of you wants to build a tower. Won't you first sit down and estimate the cost to see if you have enough money to complete it? Now, Jesus asked this question almost rhetorically, like it's a given. Like if you're going to embark on a large project, you've got a plan. You've got to make sure you've got the money for it. So now, let me give you the Barry Leathers modern day version of this verse. Check it out. Suppose one of you wants to get through the month. Won't you first sit down and estimate the cost to see if you have enough money to complete it? We've got to budget. Jesus believes in budgets. We've got to have a plan. Remember, it's not our money. It's his money. We've got to have a plan for his money. We've got to make sure that we're not spending more than we're making, that we're not spending more than we're bringing in. So how do we do that? The first thing you've got to do is you've got to track your expenses for a month. So many of you can't even begin to make a budget because you have no idea where your money's going. And so take a month, track everything that you spend. When, when Amanda and I first did this, oh my goodness, like I realized after tracking my expenses for a month that I was spending six to $700 a month eating out. I worked downtown, and so I would go out to eat for lunch every single day. We would go out to eat for dinner a few times a week. Now, we didn't have kids, but we, we weren't getting ahead. We, we didn't have anything to save at the end of our month, and I was literally eating our savings. So you have got to sit down, track all of your expenses, know where your money's going, so then, and that's step two, you can actually make a plan and develop a budget. And that budget has to be done every month. Because here's the deal, every month is different, right? Like some months you gotta take your dog to the vet, some months Christmas is coming, some months your your kids are going back to school, you've gotta buy more clothes, some months your wife has to get her hair highlighted. Like every month is gonna be a little bit different. And so you've gotta plan out each month. And listen, you've got to tell your money where to go and stop letting your money tell you where to go. So that's the first step. We've got to budget. We've got to track those expenses, create a budget every month. And listen, because of technology, we do not have to do that with a pencil and a ledger. 
we have got technology that can handle that for you. So a few that I recommend are Mint.com. That's a free service provided by Intuit. Um, check that out. It will track your expenses for you. You can create a budget. It's the one that my wife and I have used for over 10 years. It's amazing software, and it's free. That's big bonus. Um, and then there's Dave Ramsey's budget software called EveryDollar.com. We're going to have the links in the chat. It'll be at the bottom of your screen. But check those out and get started on tracking your expenses and creating a budget. And that brings us to step two in the now. Like, if our life is a mess right here in front of us and we don't fix this, we can't even think about the future. So step two is this. We have got to get out of debt. See, because so many of you have not used a budget, you've been spending more than you've been making, you haven't planned out that project that is known as a month, and you're running out of money before you run out of month, you've had to finance that. And so you've taken out credit card debt. Maybe you've got student loan debt. Maybe you've purchased a car that you couldn't afford and you've got debt on that vehicle. Like that debt is robbing you of your future. Now, we're going to look at a number of verses in Proverbs today. And, and this is King Solomon, the wisest man that ever lived. He wrote Proverbs for his son. He wanted to download all the wisdom that he had gained and make sure his son had a great starting point. So listen to what he says in Proverbs 22, 7. The rich rule over the poor, and the borrower is slave to the lender. Now, if you have debt, you know that to be true, right? You know that you are slave to the lender. And if you don't think you're a slave to the lender, try missing a few payments and see how much of a slave you are. See, these, these credit card companies, these finance companies, they do everything they can to convince you, hey, I, we're going to make your life better. We're going to allow you to spread out that cash flow over time, and, and you're going to be able to, to benefit from these purchases. But they do not care about you. What they care about is getting your money into their pockets. That is all they want to do. And again, miss a few payments and see how much they care about you. We have got to get out of debt. God never intended for us to be slaves. God brought us to freedom through Jesus, and he wants us to be free in our finances. And the way we do that is we get out of debt. Now, some of you have got $500, $1,000, maybe $2,000 in debt expenses, in interest that you're paying each and every month. Imagine if you paid that off. Imagine getting a $500, $1,000, a $2,000 raise every single month. That's what will happen if you pay off your debt. Now, quick clarification, the mortgage does not belong in that category. If you own a home and you have a mortgage on your home, that's, that's separate. That's one of those paper plates that we're going to let fall to the ground right now. At some point, we want to pay that off, but it is not consumer debt. That, that mortgage is backed by an asset that's appreciating, and so that is a, a safe investment, or at least a safer investment than your consumer debt, which is your credit cards, your student loans, your auto debt. We want to make sure we get those taken care of first. Now, the third one under this now category, th this is a free bonus for you today, because when, when I say this, you're going to think, man, what, how does that relate to my finances? How does that relate to my money? And it's this. It's your relationships. Listen to what Solomon says again to his son. Walk with the wise and become wise, for a companion of fools suffers harm. That's found in Proverbs 13, 20. Again, he's telling his son, man, who you hang around is who is going to influence you, who you're going to be like. And again, another modern day translation for this verse, 
Some of you are hanging around stupid, and that stupid is rubbing off on you. You have got to change your friend group. Now, now some of you have influences from your family. Man, you've got to set some boundaries with those family members that are not encouraging you to do money God's way. But some of you need to change your friends. Now, Now, you can be friendly to these people, but they do not need to be influencing your life, especially when it comes to money. In fact, you show me someone who's struggling with money, and I can almost always look at their friends and look at their family and tell you why. So we've got to make sure we're choosing wisely when it comes to our relationships. We want people encouraging us. We want people in our corner that are rooting us on to to make the sacrifices, to make the hard decisions so we can do money God's way. We do not need friends that are saying, hey man, yeah, throw that vacation on a credit card. Man, we're going to have fun. Let's let's do it. Or buy that new car. I, I know you can't afford it, but you can finance it for like eight years. It'll be fine. We don't need those people in our lives. Again, you can be friendly to them, but they do not need to be your friends. So we want to choose people that are going to encourage us, that are going to lift us up when it comes to doing money the right way, that are going to model for us what it looks like to follow God's financial plan. Now, let me take a second and talk to those of you who are high school students, college students, you're single, you you haven't been married yet. Man, this principle holds so true when it comes to marriage. As Dave Ramsey likes to say, marriage is grand, but divorce is 50 grand. Divorce is going to cost you. When it comes to choosing a spouse, man, you need to make sure that person loves Jesus and they are pursuing him. But you also need to make sure that person is doing money God's way. Now, they don't need to be perfect. They don't need to be financially perfect. They don't need to have all their ducks in a row, but they need to be heading the right direction. You look at every survey when it comes to why do people get divorced? And money and finances is always number one or number two on that list. And so when it comes to the key relationships in your life, especially marriage, man, set those standards high. Make sure you find somebody who is doing money God's way and that you guys are on the same page as you enter a life together. So again, that's a a free one today, but imagine. So imagine in our right now, We've got a budget. We've got a plan for our money. No longer are we spending more than we're making. What we're getting out of debt, or maybe we've already gotten out of debt, we freed up all of that cash flow that was going to credit card payments and interest payments, and now we've got that money to be able to think about our future. We've surrounded ourselves with the right people, people that are encouraging us to do money God's way. Now, now that we've got our right now fixed, we can start to lift our head up and we can look at the future and we can plan for the future that God has for us. And he has got a lot to say about saving in our future. Back to our buddy Solomon. Listen to what he says. The wise store up choice food and olive oil, but fools gulp theirs down. That's Proverbs 21.20. Solomon is telling his son, listen, you have got to save. And there's two reasons you've got to save. And the first one is, You've got to save for emergencies. Another modern day translation of this verse is the wise have a stout savings account, but the fool spends every dollar they have. You've got to save for those emergencies. And listen, you you know they're coming. I, I, I don't know what form they're going to take. I don't know exactly when they're coming, but you know they are coming. Back in Solomon's day, they had to worry about a drought or maybe their crops um, had a bad year or maybe they had to go off to war and fight an enemy. They always knew something was coming, something was on the horizon. They didn't know exactly when, 
but they prepared for the future. And Solomon is telling his son, always have a backup plan. Always have something in reserve. So we've got to save for those emergencies. Today, those emergencies look like, oh man, my car broke down, or the the AC broke, or um, I I don't know, maybe one of your children lose control of a golf cart and they run over somebody's iron fence and you have to pay for it. I know that's a very specific example, but I'm just saying that might have happened to me. So we, we don't know when the emergencies are coming, but they are coming and we've got to be prepared. And so a great rule of thumb for everybody is to have three to six months of expenses saved up in a savings account that you do not touch except for emergencies. This is like your insurance plan. So any of those things that I mentioned, they could happen and you're going to be covered. Listen, you can even lose your job or be laid off. And if you've got three to six months in a savings account, man, the freedom that gives you, it allows you to breathe as you look for a new job. It provides peace and stability in your life if you have saved for an emergency. Now, the second thing we've got to save for is our future, is for retirement. Man, once we've got that emergency savings account in place, we've got to think about the years that we're not going to be able to work, the years that our body slows down and we're not going to have the same vigor and intensity to be able to work the 40 hours or 50 hours a week that we work now. We've got to prepare for our future. And listen, if you don't hear anything else today, especially when we go back to you high school students, college students, young singles, please hear this. If I could convince every 25-year-old in the world to do one thing, this is what I would tell them to do. Save $200 a month from now, age 25, until age 65. You don't have to increase it at all, even if you get a raise, whatever. If you will do $200 a month from the time you're 25 to the time you're 65, put that in a good retirement account, have an investment professional help you choose some great mutual funds, at age 65, you will have over $1.7 million. You will be just fine when it comes to retirement. And that's $200 a month. Now, some of you are saying, where, where am I going to find $200 a month? I will tell you. For most of you, your cable bill and your Starbucks bill will take care of that $200 a month. If you choose to cut cable and cut your Starbucks, make your own coffee, Man, it will result in $1.7 million when you get to retirement age. And check this out. If you just start five years earlier, instead of starting at 25, you start at age 20, and you find that $200 a month and you save it until age 65, by starting just five years earlier, you will end up with over $3 million. That is not a lie. Now, I don't have time to go into the math, but it has everything to do with compound interest and the power of time when it comes to compound interest. It is like the eighth wonder of the world. It is a miracle. But the point is this, no matter how old you are, if you think, oh my gosh, man, I wish I would have done that when I was 20 or 25 and now I'm 45 or 50. It doesn't matter how old you are. The point of that whole illustration is you've got to start as soon as possible. You've got to get your now taken care of so you can look up and start planning for your future because the value of time is so important when it comes to compound interest and saving for your future. Now, let me make a clarification, especially when it comes to retirement. There is going to come a time where, again, your body slows down. You're not going to be able to work like you worked when you were younger. We know that you're going to retire from your career. 
But there is no place in Scripture that God ever calls us to retire from our calling. And our calling is to be a blessing to others. Our calling is to serve others. And that does not stop until God takes us away. And so that brings me to my second point as we look to the future. We've got our savings in place. We've got our retirement, our future taken care of. And now we can give. Now, I'm not talking about the tithe. Remember, that's something that we do at the very beginning. That's off the top. That belongs to God. But if we've done everything else, if we've got our budget, we're planning out our money every single month. We've paid off our debt. We've got good people around us. We've got our savings in place for emergencies. We've got our saving in place for retirement. Now we're sitting there with two, three, four million dollars. Now it allows us an opportunity to really give and to really serve others. Man, uh, imagine with me for a second. You are in that place and you know of a young couple that's trying to adopt. And they, they cannot afford the $25,000, $35,000 it's going to take to go through the adoption process. But you got three or $4 million sitting in the bank, and you just write a check and take care of it for that family. Or, or maybe you know of a single mom who has laid off or lost her job, and you can write a check and cover her mortgage or her rent for a year. Or maybe you've got a passion for those coming out of prison that need some mentoring or some job training and you know of foundations or organizations that are doing that. Imagine imagine writing a $50,000 check to help support an organization like that. Guys, that, that is the abundant life. That, that is what God has called us to. And I don't know about you, but I can't imagine anything more enjoyable, anything more fun than being able to give on that level. And here's the reality. We all can do it. If we will put God's principles in place, his outline for the other 90%, man, not only will that 90% bless us and bless our family, man, God can position us to be a blessing to others, to really make a difference in other people's lives. Man, I hope and pray that you will take what we've talked about today and that you will put this into practice because it will make all the difference in your life. Let me pray for us. Lord, we are so grateful for your word and, and the wisdom that you've given us when it comes to every single area of life. And as, as we've been in this series, you, we, we've hit on so many different things that can make a difference for us in experiencing the abundant life you've called us to. And Lord, as we've talked about finances this morning and your plan for our finances, recognizing that it's all yours and you've given us the opportunity to manage the funds, the resources, the assets that you have graciously given to us. Lord, may we have the strength and power to put this in place so we can be a blessing to our family and we can be a blessing to others. Lord, we ask for your strength in this. We ask that you will make C3 a force in this community as we put these things into practice. It is in your precious name we pray. Amen. Hey, thanks so much for joining us today. We hope this message encouraged you and inspired you. Would you share it with someone that you're connected with? And also, if you want to be a part of supporting this incredible life-giving movement, you can text C3 Orlando to 77977. You can also go to our safe and secure giving website at giveC3.cc. Listen, we love you guys. We're praying for you. We'll see you next week.